24-24 right now. She's obliterating the record. Alicia Barnall is about to four-peat. The only man in history to do it. Kara Goucher, she wanted to do this event. It was important to her. Here in Duluth, how sweet it is. Her arm raised in triumph. Welcome, everybody, to the Gearing Up for Grandma's podcast, brought to you by Essentia Health. I am Zach Schneider. I'm the Marketing and PR Director here at Grandma's Marathon, and I'm back this episode with another of our 2024 Grambassadors. If you're not familiar, you haven't listened to the first few episodes we've done with this ambassador group, we selected 20 people from a pool of more than 100 applicants to be part of our team this year. Their role, quite simply to help spread the word, to help answer questions, and really just help keep the drumbeat and the excitement going ahead of our Grandma's Marathon race weekend in June. Today, the Grambassador that we have joining us is Jacob Oak. Jacob, uh, thanks for joining us, first of all. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Zach. Happy to be here. First things first, let's give everybody a little bit of background about you, how you came to not only be a Grand Ambassador, but just your background. Uh, when did you start running and what's been your experience uh, leading you up to this point where we are today? Yeah, so I've been running now for well over 10 years. Started running cross country and track in high school, kind of for a lot of different, honestly, unhealthy reasons, body image stuff, um, wanted to look a certain way and fit in with a certain crowd. Um, but as I've morphed in the, in the world of running, I've started to really fall in love with running and have continued to run since high school through college. And I've found really using running as a way to actually like fight those different types of demons. Um, and then during COVID, I was actually very lucky and had a few different right place, right time opportunities and found the world of personal training and then morphed that into personal training for runners and got into run coaching. And now I work full time as a personal trainer, a run coach, and also gate analyst uh, for runners in the main of the Twin Cities area, um, but do a lot of different virtual stuff as well. Um, how I got into grandmas specifically uh, is a is an interesting story. And I heard you ask that, that question um, so, you know, the last few grand ambassadors. Um, and I was thinking, how did I, how did I first hear about grandmas? And I actually thought back to like freshman year of high school, someone on my cross country team, their mom was running grandmas. And that was the first experience I had ever heard about anyone doing a marathon. And I was like, how in the world can someone run that far? Uh, and you know, in high school we ran five Ks. So I just remember thinking like, what in the world, uh, and truly put this person on a pedestal and, remember grandmas i've i've just remembered that that name uh and then you know ran my first grandma's marathon a few years back i remember being just like a you know very eye-opening experience of like wow that was such a crazy event to me years ago and you know now i'm running the event and also involved with it so very excited yeah, your background is is a bit different than than a lot of our our grand ambassadors, and that's by design. You know, when we talk about this program, we want to have people with a lot of different backgrounds and a lot of different experiences in running. But yours, you know, having started uh, when you were younger, uh, like you say, maybe for the wrong reasons, but now having fallen in love with the sport and made it your your full time job, not just for for yourself, but also to help others reach their goals. How have you? 
Um, before we get into the, the big topic that you're here to talk about, how have you seen uh, maybe a, a progression in yourself uh, from when you started to, to where you are now and what meaning or what, what running actually means to you? The easiest way is the easiest way to answer that is I spent years, uh, you know, probably seven, eight of those years, if not more. And, it, you know, it ebb and flows for sure. But running away from things like body image stuff, uh, bad breakups with friends, partners, whatever it was, you know, disliking my work, you know, all these different things, running away from those. And as I've gone throughout my life and now career and what I really help others do as well, start, I've started using running more as ways, uh, as a, as a tool to dive into those things that I'm running from and start running towards like the future and figuring out how it can actually using running as my alone time, you know, as my space to go figure out these different issues I'm having so that not only can I be a better person, but a better coach, friend, partner, what have you. Yeah. It's a good segue into actually what we're, what we're wanting to talk about a little bit more today, um, which is the, the why behind running marathons everybody at our start line and, and we reference it year after year it feels like everybody's got a story everybody's got a reason that they chose to sign up for the marathon but so often that reason is secondary to the the, the how right the the physical uh demands of, of running a marathon even the logistical demands of how you're going to train how you're going to eat how you're going to sleep but what what you just talked about is a significant portion uh, of what we think people should be focused on over the next couple of months leading into race day, which is the why of why they signed up for uh, any event, but specifically Grandma's Marathon. Right. I think that I've noticed for sure that people will come into my office and be like, I want to run a marathon, right? That's the first, you know, or a half marathon, what have you. It's, it's always the what. Right. And then we kind of talk about, okay, how are we going to get there? Like you're saying, right. We're going to train X days amount, run X amount of miles, do this much strength training. We're going to do this much mobility work. Right. We're going to look at it as like a four to five month, six month build, whatever it is for each specific person. Right. And oftentimes we just forget about, well, why are we doing it in the first place? You know, a lot of these run events are so flashy. They're so trendy, especially now. And they're continuing to grow more in popularity and that's awesome you know i'm sure you agree with me that we love to see the run world growing right however that what and that how is important for sure but understanding really why you're doing the event in the first place becomes so much more important right all of the non-negotiable or all of the items become non-negotiable in terms of i'm going to get up and do my run every day even though i may not want to i'm going to make sure i strength train I'm going to make sure I'm potentially eating a certain way, right? So that I feel good the next day for my runs and can perform good, right? My body's ready to do those uh, activities I'm asking of it, right? All of those different things on the build to the race become non-negotiable. We just start doing it because our why we've developed a why and it's become powerful to us, right? And then not only that too, but on race day, marathons, half marathons, they're hard, right? And like there's no, there's just no shortcutting that. Um, at no matter how much training you do, no matter who you are, come race day, there will be a point in that race, probably multiple in which it gets really hard, right? And understanding why you're there, your intention for that day, for that race, all the way back that you might have set months ago, 
right? Really having a good understanding of that. That's the difference come race day and getting you through those hard moments too, right? Yeah, I think we've noticed, you know, you look you look back at, at pictures or people you met on race day uh, throughout the years, and there are some people, there are a lot of people who, who run our race and run other events, and it's great to see that maybe don't look like traditional athletes. And we talked a couple of weeks ago about back of the Packers and party pacers, people who are just out there, not necessarily to set world records, but just out there to uh, to finish, to compete, uh, you know, whether it's with themselves, with a, a, a friend, with something that they've set. But those are the people that really seem now, as we talk about it, to have a really strong why, because those are the people that reach mile 20, mile 23, mile 25. And if they're not focused on the why they're out there, that's a really hard thing to, 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 to fathom that they want to finish this race. They want to get to the finish line and feel that sense of accomplishment. Right. And as a you know spectator too of, I've been a spectator of grandmas in the past and I feel like you can always see the emotion of people with the powerful whys at the end, right? Finishing and really, whether it's tears, smiles, whatever it is, you can just see it in people's facial expressions too. Like that really meant something to them, right? And it's such a personal thing. So for anybody listening who's already signed up or, or who's thinking about signing up, whether it be this year for our race or our race in the future, another event they might be thinking of, you've gone through this exercise, I would imagine, before. Somebody walks into your office, says, I want to run a marathon, or I'm thinking about doing this. How do you get them to start thinking about the the actual why? What should people be thinking about next? Uh, after they say, hey, this is something that I'd like to do? Great question. Uh, and it's it's hard. And it's so much different for every single person. It changes every single, like, it, it can change, I should say. You know, every month, every race, it can be different, right? And so when someone first comes in, someone once told me that figuring out your why, there should be five layers, essentially. Five questions further digging into why you're doing something right so for example if i come to you zach and i say hey i want to run grandma's and you say why and i answer with well i want to stay in shape okay well jacob why do you want to stay in shape you know immediately that's like two questions and i'm already like now my head's kind of spinning of why do i want to stay in shape why is that important to me now we're not even talking about running anymore right well i want to stay in shape because it's important that i stay in shape for my partner and family right? Why is that important to you, right? Is it because you want to, you know, grow older so you can be around for longer? Do you want to be able to pick your kids up for longer periods of time? You know, maybe your grandkids are important, you know, and then that's still only three questions and you can dig deeper and deeper into those um, types of questions and they can go so many different routes, right? Like, you know, I talked about my issues with body image and I, you know, to this day still struggle with that, Zach, quite honest with, quite honestly. And we'll have those conversations with myself even. And, you know, sometimes it can get, depending on the topic, it can get pretty raw and deep, right? And that's where we can use running and use those five layers as a tool while we're running to really be alone with ourselves and, you know, get vulnerable and ask those deep questions, right? And that's also not to say that you have to, you know, be alone either. And that's a another big thing that I'm, you know, very big on is this community of running, right? I think that running and finding friendships in the, community of running can help you develop these different layers as well for whatever it is that you're that you're trying to figure out but 
it's a very long-winded answer to your question on how we can actually start by finding our whys. No, I think it's important, and and I think it's uh, it is so personal. You know, we hear from people who are running because they had a medical diagnosis, or they had an injury, or they're running for somebody close to them who can't run anymore, or never could run. And so those are the people, like you say, that are emotional at the finish line, that are showing, you know, so much of their why. But those are the people that have a really strong reason for getting up and going on those long training runs. Um, running is one of those things. It's kind of like the, the sport of golf, right? Where there's too much time to think sometimes, but if you have something that you can fall back on, it makes those long runs a little bit easier. Right. And I think too, something worth mentioning that I've really been grappling with the past few years now is this idea of external versus internal wise, right. Or what we're doing, you know, and I think a lot of times, you know, and I can speak to personal experience again, when we're in running and when we're doing these running events, there's at least some part of us that are, we're thinking about external things, right? Whether it's, you know, a coach that told you years ago that you shouldn't be a runner, whether it's something along those veins, right? You're kind of catching my, my drift. Um, and I feel like for the longest time, we've always been told, like, don't let external factors fuel you. And I agree with that to an extent. I don't think we should let external factors be wise for our goals, right? I think we should really dig into those internal factors still and, you know, maybe whatever it was that was external, how that made us feel, right? And dig into, well, why do we feel that way, right? However, I do think it's really important, and I have worked with a lot of my athletes to accept that those are still there, whatever they are, and they can be negative or positive. And acknowledging them and, you know, using them as a crutch or a tool for certain races or builds, it's not necessarily a bad thing. It, you know, I would rather have people be a parent of those and accept what's going on and work through them than, you know, ignore them, but always have them popping up in their head and not actually admitting how they're feeling about something that was an external factor, if that makes sense. So as you get closer and closer to grandma's, let's, and, and, let's share a little bit about your, your why, right? Let's, let's, let's let people get a little bit more uh, into Jacob's head as, as he prepares for a marathon, whether it's grandma's or another race that you run, but you went from when you were younger, using more of those external factors. How have you seen a change? Does it change race to race? Is there one kind of unifying why as to why you continue to run? What's been been your journey through this process? I love that. You'd be surprised at how many uh, people don't ask me that. And me building whys for other people is something I'm so passionate about. And I don't actually get asked what my why is uh, very often. Um, so I'm loving, I'm loving that you put me on the spot here. Uh, so like I said, it changes. I spent my whole life really running away from body dysmorphia. That was like, and it, like I said, I'm still grappling with that. That doesn't just go away. Um, and figuring out, really, I was trying to become this, you know, ideal runner. That was my why. Become this ideal runner, become this ideal runner, whatever that, you know, whatever picture you have, whatever picture I had in my head at the time, you know, probably stemmed back, stemmed back to like those middle, middle school, high school days of what I thought a runner looked like versus what I looked like traditionally. Right. And man, it planted seeds in my head for years to come of what I was trying to do. Right. 
honestly, it wasn't until like literally this past year when I started to realize that the reason that I love to run and the reason that I am good at what I do now is because I don't look like a traditional runner. I have a strong frame. I'm definitely a, you know, bigger guy who has a big background in the weight room, weight room. Right. And I started out with running my first 5k was 30 minutes. Right. And my first marathon was 436. And this past month at CIM, I ran 317 in the marathon. And now I, and my body hasn't changed at all. Right. I've accepted my body as what it is and how strong it is and can be in the run world. Right. And since accepting that I've only been making more improvements physically and mentally. Right. And, and people pick up on that too. Um, and now heading into 2024, I'm really, I started to really grapple with that idea of like, well, now what do I want to do? I've accepted really like who I am and what makes me good. So now what? Right. And at the end of the day, I really want to show people who have a similar background to me, whether they're in high school currently, right. I'm a coach at, uh, in St. at a St. Paul high school or just coach and trainer there, whether it's a recreational athlete that has, you know, 40 years under their belt of running and they've always felt that they were the typical runner and they've ran away from it. Right. Whatever it is. I want to show those people that you can be strong. You don't have to look a certain way and you can get the goals that you want and much more. Right. I five years ago would have killed to run under four hours in the marathon and I never thought it was possible. Right. And now I'm trying to go under three. And like I said, my frame hasn't changed at all. If anything, I've gotten more strong. Right. And I want to be an example for people and I want to show them that you can do these things with any body style and you can chase any dream or goal you have. And I just, you know, I'm specific to the endurance realm and road running really is my favorite. So as I go into grandma's, that's what I want to do. And I want to document that. And I want to be a light for people and show that, you know, our leader in this community, if you will, and show that they can do whatever they set their minds and hearts to. Yeah. I love that. Um, it's reminding me a little bit of a conversation we had on this podcast before last year's race with one of our grand ambassadors that was all about mantras and latching on to, to little things that you could repeat to yourself throughout the race. And one of the things that stuck out to me as we had that conversation was that this isn't a conversation about trying to make things easier. Things are going to be hard if you want to run a marathon and you want to be successful in whatever definition of success you create for yourself this doesn't take the hard away it just makes some of those harder times easier to get back from and get back in a, in a more positive mindset is that similar to to what you're talking about i guess as you go through training and through a race day is that when the hard creeps in that this allows you to kind of pull yourself back into a more positive mindset yeah and i mean that's it's running it's life you know levels right every time something gets a little harder, we can reflect on the past and what we've done to get to this point, right? To reach that new step or level. And I definitely reflect on all of that throughout training. And when come, come race day, I'll reflect on it again, right? Like you're saying, and again, I keep using the marathon as an example, like these things are hard and they're supposed to be hard, right? Just because we've done them in the past or just because we, you know, have become stronger individuals. We probably keep searching for harder things right and we want to keep leveling up you know in some way and whether that's you know a time whether that's 
a rep, whether that's more marathons, whether that's staying healthier as we age, like in some way, we're always trying to like, you know, become a little better or, you know, from year to year and whatnot. So it also reminds me of something that Dick Beardsley has always said uh, about the marathon and about uh, the grandma's marathon here in Duluth, which is that when you reach the finish line, you'll change your life forever. And I think so often we think that reaching the finish line is this defining moment, which it is. You, no one can take it away from you at that point. You get your medal. You get to say you're a marathon finisher. But as as we have more of these conversations, all the, the growth and the progress that you're talking about hasn't gone away. So when you cross the finish line for that first marathon, maybe you decide to do another one. Maybe you don't. But every exercise that you've talked about you know, in our conversation here, that stays with you and moves forward into whatever you decide to do next. So, you know, your clients or the people that you're coaching, do you talk about that, that it doesn't matter if you decide to do another marathon after this one, we want you to to have these types of lessons to take not only into this race, but also you get to keep everything that you've learned and that you've done even after this race is over. Right. I think actually TCM this past fall is a perfect example of this and in, in a situation when it did happen, right? For those, I'm sure everyone's familiar, but for those who aren't, when TCM got canceled, right? Last minute and you train and train and train for this event and now the event's gone, right? And I had, so I was, I had a lot of proud coaching moments because I had so many athletes that were texting me first and saying things like what you're saying right now of like, you know what? Like this sucks, it hurts. And we trained all year for this. But at the end of the day, the exercises we did, the mornings that we spent in our heads, you know, developing who we were during this chapter and season of our life, we still did all of that. It doesn't, it doesn't go away at all. Right. I think the marathon in general, that distance is special because it's it's almost like a chapter every time in your book, whether it, you know, you do grandma's or TCM, you know, spring or fall marathon it's almost like we have these six month chapters and every marathon I've done, I've done eight road marathons. Now I look back and like, I can remember each chapter of each marathon of what was going on, the growth, what was like my biggest takeaway from that whole period. Right. Yes. There's this moment of like, kind of like relief, but also it's, it's like this, this self-discovery is kind of over. Right. And I think that that's actually a big reason why runners keep running marathons, right. Cause they want that self-discovery. They want to keep figuring out like, what is it about myself that I'm trying to evolve into next? Right. Where's the next level? And that's why they do these races and keep keep moving forward for sure. Yeah, it's a good point about redefining the redefining goals, right? We we talk about, you know, elite runners are gonna have different goals than some of our middle of the pack or back of the packers. And and that's okay because everyone's individual success is defined by where that person is in, in their uh, in their training, in their life. Um, you know, but what you're talking about, I think, is even taking success off of what's on the clock, right? You know, and it's great to have time goals. It's great to want to come here and then want to set a new PR. But what you're talking about is more intrinsic success, uh, internal success than anything um, that the outside world might even know about. Um, and that's, that's such a, a powerful thing, I think, to redefine how you approach a marathon. Right. Because most of us, 
I don't know what the percentage, it's like, you know, 2% are considered elite and maybe making money of some sort off of the, off running. Right. Most of us are recreational runners for most of us. Like I hate to be the bearer of bad news. Like the clock does not matter like at all. Right. You know, and that's something that is kind of a hard pill to swallow uh, when you're, when you're really into the times. Right. I have a lot of people that want to break four, break three thirty, break three, whatever it is, break five, you know, um, break 45 minutes in a 10K. Right. I keep using marathon examples, um, but we get fixated on these on these time goals. And there's been so many times when I have an athlete, you know, who whatever the time goal is, say it's four and a half hours in a marathon. Right. Or they run four out four and a half hours and 31 minutes, like one minute past. And they're super distraught and upset with themselves. And, you know, it's like they might have just taken 30 minutes off their time. Right. And they might have just spent months developing into this new person like we were just talking about. Right. And you're going to let a minute dictate whether or not you grew, you know, Uh, and the opposite of that happens too, where people do hit the time and then they don't feel any different. You know, you hit, you hit the time. It doesn't actually change the fact again, we're like, Oh, what I really wanted here was growth in myself as a person. Right. And so it's, like I said, it's a hard pill to sometimes swallow, but that time, it just doesn't matter as much as those other internal factors do when we're, we're chasing these different, these races and marathons specifically. Yeah. It's a fascinating conversation. And and one of the reasons that we're very happy to have Jacob on, on our ambassador team this year, because he's, he's been very good at talking to people about this thing. Um, we're going to, we're going to close it down for this episode, Jacob, but you're with us until June uh, as part of that grand ambassador team. If people want to ask you more questions about this, pick your brain, uh, maybe try to get you to help them find their why, or just kind of follow along in your journey, you're on social media. What's the best way for people to, to connect with you, stay up to date with uh, your journey until race weekend in June. So you can find me on Instagram at coach Jacob Oak. And then I do post a lot on Strava. I know that has some, some people don't like Strava, but some people do. I'm personally a huge fan of it. If you want to see kind of what I'm doing on a daily basis, I try really hard to break down like every run and not just like what I'm doing during the run in terms of like the distance or the time, but how I'm thinking and feeling during that run. And so different people that are following me can really be in my head as you will. Those are probably the two best spots to find information on me. Yeah, for sure. Anybody listening that that wants to know more or has questions uh, from this conversation, I feel like it's such a layered conversation, but but reach out to Jacob. That's what our grand ambassadors are here for. That's what uh, they signed up for. It's what they like doing, uh, especially Jacob being his uh, his full-time job as a run coach and, and personal trainer. So thanks for your time, Jacob. Uh, I really enjoyed the conversation. Thanks for having me on. This Gearing Up Programmers podcast is brought to you by Essentia Health. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever else you find your podcasts. Please subscribe, rate us, and tell your friends. Grandma's Marathon proudly presented by Toyota, Members Cooperative Credit Union, and ASICS. I'm Zach Schneider. Until next time, everyone, be well.